but I've directed pantomimes and been involved in pantomimes for a long time and it's already complicated enough because you have a lot more people than you would normally have it's particularly more children you have a lot of a lot more set and costumes but on top of that now we have all these covid restrictions and now the worry that every day that I'm going to get a phone call saying my test has come back positive and we have already lost two casts that haven't even made it to theater they've tested positive on Sunday This was David Taylor and you're listening to the Belly Week podcast with Elodie Rodoules. This week, Jersey Amateur Dramatic Club brought Panto back to the island after two years and the road to the stage was as icy as the Palace of the Snow Queen, which is the subject of this year's play. Between online rehearsals, limited audiences, masks and lateral flow tests, putting on a panto has been even more hectic than normal for director Debbie Taylor. To start off, Debbie, would you be able to maybe refresh memories and remind us when was the last performance for the uh, Jersey Amateur Dramatic Club? We were actually very lucky because, uh, well, fortunate, because um, we are able to put on plays. Um, a lot of clubs um, put on a lot of musicals. And of course, right from the very beginning, singing was not allowed. So right um, from October 2020, we put on um, three one-act plays. And then following that in May, we were able to put on um, Blue Remembered Hills. And most recently, in October 2020, we had two comedy plays that were on at the Art Centre. You mentioned quite a few ways in how um, the club managed to keep busy in the meantime, but um, in general, how, how did the club engage with the members um, in the past um, nearly two years now? Well, in the, in the beginning, it was very difficult, of course. Um, there's no contact at all. And so we did some quizzes and um, play readings over Zoom. And in fact, that was indeed how we decided to do the Snow Queen. That's how we chose the script. Um, we also, when we were doing the one-act plays, we also did those as a play reading over Zoom. Um, and then gradually, as we've been able to get become more social, then we've had meetings uh, together, you know, some social meetings together. But mostly it was online in the beginning, certainly. And then when we start, were able to do plays again, then the people who were auditioning on, who were sex, successful in getting parts um, were able to do some theatre together. And of course, we always have a backstage team as well. So that got in, some people involved in that too. Um, it was very important for us to try and keep in touch as much as we could. Our committee meetings still continued through once, month, once a month um, throughout the whole of the two years. Um, some of them in the beginning by Zoom, but then after that, we were back in the barn again, socially distanced. Part of the beauty in being part of a amateur dramatic club is to be able to perform together. So how did the club members and the committee feel about not being able to interact in such a way? Yes, I mean, we've certainly had uh, reached out and had um, phone calls and um, with people who were on their own. Some of our, our committee members, our, our JDC members, are, um, do actually live alone. They don't have any family here. Um, so we tried as much as possible to keep in touch with them by telephone. And as soon as we, we got, we were able to get back together again with coffees and things like that. The committee, I think we managed to do the Zoom or other means to make sure that we kept meetings um, regular. And I think we've just been very fortunate that we've been able to get uh, productions back up and running over the last uh, two years or so. 
And um, obviously, you, you mentioned that you were quite fortunate in that sense. But uh, how how did it look like? Um, how did it feel having to put productions in in a way that you were not maybe not so much used to? Yes, it was difficult because obviously social distancing and mask wearing um, was all um, mandatory sort of after the second lockdown. Um, and even when we went back into rehearsals, it was still having to be careful at, at, at rehearsals. We had to put do a good risk assessment at the barn and things. But um, our actual performance-wise, um, you were allowed fleeting contact as sports were. And so from that point of view, um, it wasn't too bad. It was just that we had to be really careful with the number of people um, at the theatre. So it was reduced greatly so we could only have small casts. Um, and small number of people backstage. And we've also, because there were only 40 allowed in the theatre, we had to be very careful with our budget um, and make sure that we could at least break even. Um, we were delighted to be able to put theatre back on, but we needed to be able to watch our finances as well, of course, because we haven't been able to put on any of our big shows at all over the last two years. The Snow Queen is going to be your first big show in those two years. Um, when did you start working on it? Well, the Snow Queen actually was going to be our pantomime for January 21. So we actually started working on it, um, well, rehearsing in October 2020. Um, a lot of work had been gone on before that, of course. Um, I had met with the director at the time I was going to be assistant directing and mentoring somebody so that we could have a, like I did with Vicky Trahora um, for Beauty and the Beast, so that we could try and encourage new people to direct pantomime. Um, and unfortunately, um, he was not able to continue with it this year. Um, so having got myself the part of the Snow Queen, I'm now also directing, which isn't easy. But um, yeah, we started in October this last year uh, with re new rehearsals, some new cast because we, we were able to increase the numbers a little bit, but still not as much as we usually have for panto. Um, but we've also had to bring new cast in because some people have had to leave the island to study or we've had other people with more commitments at work. And so we were not, not able to continue, unfortunately. But we now have a full cast with some extra young ones and it's looking great. You mentioned that you've had to reduce the kind of uh, people involved uh, in the cast uh, compared to normal pantos. So how many people are involved this year? Um, well, this year we do have 23 casts, which sounds quite a lot. It was 20 or 20, 19, I think, before. Um, but usually we've been anything between 30 and 40. We usually have a, a strong um, adult ensemble as well as dancers and as well as the principals. But we've had to make this much more of um, an ensemble panto. And so some of the main characters also play um, ensemble and villager roles and, and various other things. Um, so that we work all work together. I think you touched upon this um, in your previous uh, answer, but um, was the production uh, process different for this panto than it normally is? And if so, in, in what sense? Um, certainly, looking at the dancing, we've made sure, because we're singing when we're dancing, we try to make sure that we're a little bit more physically distanced than we would normally be. And we started that in 2020, and we've just continued it, really. Um, sort of foreseeing that there might be a rise in cases during the winter. We um, certainly, most of the panto things that happen, so like the um, he's behind you and things are all still in it, but we have taken out the slapstick for obviously reasons that's a real shame because that's great fun. But most of the other elements are still there. Uh, we do have a smaller cast. We have had to make sure that we have mask wearing um, 
in and around the barn when we're away, when we're not actually acting. Um, and now that we are in theatre, we are doing that. We have to wear masks everywhere except on stage. Um, so we have to have a process where people come to the stage and leave their masks with their water bottle so they know which one's theirs before they come onto the stage. And as soon as they leave the stage, they have to put their masks back on. But also, since the lateral flow testing came in um, as free, we have um, asked all of our cast to do lateral flow tests even before rehearsals. Uh, now we're in theatre, everybody does a lateral flow before they come to theatre. It seems like there's a, an added logistics to something that's already logistically heavy. Yes, indeed. I mean, I've, I've directed pantomimes and been involved in pantomimes for a long time, and it's already complicated enough because you have a lot more people than you would normally have, particularly more children. You have a lot of a lot more sets and costumes and everything else that everything has to all go together, all the songs and dances and everything else. But on top of that, now we have all these COVID restrictions and now the worry that every day that I'm going to get a phone call saying my test has come back positive. And we have already lost two casts that haven't even made it to theatre. They've tested positive on Sunday. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. So does that mean that you're missing uh, some people in the cast then or do you have replacements or...? Well, we have, we've worked out sort of contingency plans. So within the cast, we can move people around a little bit to fulfill more principal roles if we need to. Um, in this case, um, it's a mother and daughter who are off. Um, the daughter, we've managed to um, fill in somebody from the, um, the ensemble, but uh, we've brought somebody in from JDC who is not actually a cast member who's, who was originally going to be in the cast and then for various reasons had to pull out. And so she's taken her place. Um, she'll be able to have a script because obviously she's only like had two days to forewarning to, to take part. So uh, we're now frantically going around trying to find her costumes and things that will suit her so that she can be on stage uh, dress rehearsal this evening. So, But she's going to do a great job because she's an accomplished actress. Well, that, that's great to hear. Um, I think that was one of my final questions regarding the cast is uh, obviously you were not able to play the panto last year and I think that's something that Islanders will be look, um, looking forward to. But how is the cast feeling on the eve of the premiere? Yes, we're, we're all very excited about it and we are just keeping everything crossed that nobody else goes sick, at least for the next week or so so that we can get the first week for, um, performances in. Um, we do have other contingency plans, but um, it would be great for us to be able to get on stage and be able to entertain the people of Jersey. Um, you know, our ticket sales have shown how keen people are to come. We have sold out completely our Friday night, Saturday night performances. All our matinees are sold out um, because the capacity is still only one to five. Um, and we only have very few tickets now left for the Wednesday, Thursday of this week and the Thursday of the following week. So we are really keeping everything crossed that it will go ahead as planned. And um, although there's a, the, the nervousness, of course, every time you have to do your lateral flow test, uh, people are very excited and just very keen to get on stage and do what they love doing. Thank you, Debbie, and thank you for listening to the Bailiwick podcast. If you enjoyed it, like it and share it. The music you hear is A Shift My Way by Luno. Mock next week on the Bailiwick podcast. <laughs> <laughs>